It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. So, well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another pod special. Uh, my guest today um, is Matt Dybal. How, how are we, Matt? Uh, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing uh, quite well, all things considered. I'm getting a little stir crazy, but that's to be expected. Uh, how are you occupying your time at the moment? Um, lots of watching of the TV and uh, a thousand piece jigsaw that I'm sort of helping with, but my girlfriend's done most of the work, so she can get all the credit. Yeah, and uh, what, what's the what's the picture on the thousand uh, piece jigsaw? Uh, it is a scene of um, Queensferry Harbour with the uh, fourth rail bridge in the background. So when it's finished, it'll be quite nice, but it's uh, it's a chore. Yeah, well, that is that is nice. I was hoping it wasn't one of these, you know, these mirror ones you get that are supposed to be really challenging, but <laughs> quite tedious by the time you finish it all. Uh, I can't say I've ever heard of them. Um, I'm not really a jigsaw person. As I've discovered doing this, it's a uh, bit sore head just staring at all these pieces. <laughs> um, well, we're not. I'm not here to talk to you about your jigsaw expertise. Uh, I thought I'd talk to you a bit about about your your life in hockey and uh, first things first what, what piqued your interest in ice hockey um, in those early days oh um, god it feels like a long time ago now uh, basically when I was finishing at school I um, I got a demo for NHL 2000 and uh, thought that was quite fun um, and it's like this I don't played a lot thought this is a pretty cool sport um uh, and then, yeah, I had the games. <clears throat> and then there was the 2002 Olympics. So then it was actually the real-life thing on the telly. Uh, so that was quite fun to watch. Um, and then my first year at university, uh, like a big email came around saying that the, there was a university team starting in Edinburgh. And I thought, well, here's a chance for me to actually play the sport that I have an interest in. So that's kind of where it started for me. Yeah, and of course you um, you were in high school. Uh, what what sort of sports were you doing in high school before you before you got interested in hockey? Uh, well, my school was all about um, all about rugby, um, which was uh, I know is a, a big interest of yours, Rambo, but uh, not of mine. So, sport in school for me wasn't a big uh, a big thing. And if if anyone's met me, I'm not really an athlete. Um, so I, I didn't do didn't do a lot of sport in school. I just uh, I'm one of these people that if something gets my interest, I, um, you know, I get quite into it. But no, not a lot of sport in school. Okay, so yeah, um, obviously the the email went round, um, and I think was was your first point of contact was that would that have been Wadge Can? Uh, it was Wadge, yeah, um, yeah, it was. Just trying to trying to think back how it all. Um, how we started. Uh, I think there was like um, public skates at Murrayfield. 
so well, uh, the email went out, and I think there was some meeting there, and then everyone went sort of public skating and put on the uh, put on the higher skates and stumbled around. And it was like very early days. There was no there was no trainings. There was no real team. It was just sort of people getting together and meeting at the rink and seeing where we could go from there. Yeah, and in that uh, in that first season, um, the, that that's right because I remember that as well. But the uh, the training, I think, started in. Do you remember your first session as a as a player? Uh, yes, I do. I remember I couldn't really do much because um, obviously I'd not very not scored. I'd never really skated before much before then. Um, and obviously it was a it was a it was a, a massive mix at the beginning. There was there was guys that were playing in juniors um, and yourself. You were in I think you were playing rec at the time, but I played juniors and and then there were people like me who had never played before, but you know were really interested in sport and wanted to go. So um, it was a it was a bit interesting. Couldn't really move around the ice. Um, my my biggest memory was that I'd got this helmet with a cage and it was slightly too small, and I hated the cage. And I think I did that one session with that, and then that that was it. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I uh, got a new helmet and a new visor and went from there. And uh, what was your – do you have any big memories from that first session of something you did that you, like, made you want to come back, or was it just – Actually, do you know what? It was something you said. um, uh, I think we did scrimmage or something like that, and – I, I the one thing I was the one thing I did know about hockey is because I was a fan of it I knew the rules and uh, we, we came off and I think you I don't know if you said it directly to me but you were just like I love it when new people don't go offside <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that, that made me feel pretty good I was like oh at least I did something right yeah <laughs> excellent excellent so um that uh, that first year, I, the Eagles obviously didn't play, and the, there was no cup competition for the Eagles. I don't know if there was one at all, but um, you went to nationals, but you didn't actually play. Uh, how did that come about? Um, well, I I knew I wasn't like I'm, I'm always very aware of, of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at, and uh, I knew that there was no way I would I would play. Um, but I I love the sport. I love. I love helping up being part of a team, whether it's on the ice or off the ice. Um, so I just offered my services to, to help out off the ice. Um, I didn't really see the much point. And if I couldn't help the team on the ice as a player, which I knew I couldn't, um, I would try and help them uh, off the ice. So went down, had a good time, um, did what I could, filled water bottles and such. Uh, yeah, it was good. Good memories. Do you, do you remember your title for the... Uh... <laughs> For, um, I, I seem to remember getting a phone call um, about an award. Uh, what was it? Number one fan and aqua distribution engineer. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you remembered that title. No, I, I remember that. <laughs> um, and then uh, the uh, the next season was obviously the formation of the Phoenix, which obviously became the sort of Phoenix Eagles connection or the Feagles as they were called. Um, and then uh, was that your first season getting a game? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember you, I said, was it you? I think I started the game on the first line. Um, did absolutely nothing, but had a great time. Um, oh, who was it we were playing? Was it the Predators or something like that? Oh, I can't remember. Can you remember? I, I, I 
don't remember. Was it was it in Murrayfield or Stirling? It was it was uh, it was in Murrayfield. I remember that. Oh, um, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm being honest. <laughs> I think I think they were called the Predators, but it was uh, that's. I I remember starting the game. I can't remember much else. It was this is all very long ago. It's it's hard to remember these things. And um, yeah, so you 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 obviously played a bit that year, and uh, the Eagles were in the in the cup that year, and you were sort of going around with them as still as the Aqua distribution engineer, if if I remember correctly, is that? Uh, yeah, it's, um, I remember a trip to to Nottingham. Um, I think I went to most of the home games. Uh, yeah, just just helping out. It was. Um, I don't know. I think I just enjoyed being involved, being part of the team, um, and it was uh, yeah, it was good. And of course, that trip to Nottingham is the the infamous uh, hat incident. Do you, do you want to talk people through that or? Um, you lost your hat, and then I said we couldn't find it and apologised. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I just remember. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great. It, yes, it's a it's a great memory for you. <laughs> a story you a story you love to tell. It's it's not had a significant uh, impact on my life. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose not. Um, and that first that first big road trip, the Nottingham Sheffield one, um, there was a sort of. Do you have any significant memories of things that happened on the ice with the team? I mean, you weren't playing, but you were obviously there assisting and everything. Uh, I remember the Nottingham game because uh, it was a massive win. It was like twenty-six-one or something like that. Uh, um, if that's if that's the right one, because I, I remember going to Nottingham one year and us having a massive win, and then the next year going there and having a, a similar scoreline but losing. Uh, yeah, the massive uh, win was the first year because we played. Yeah, the first year. Yeah. Uh, I think I remember McGregor scored four goals on one shift. Um, honestly, that's that's about what I can remember. I remember uh, staying overnight somewhere and people making a lot of noise. And then I, I think we went to Sheffield the next day. Was that the same year? They they they, they all get muddled together. Yeah, that was that was we went to Sheffield the following day um, after twenty six one win. And Sheffield and us were in a sort of two-horse race to win the win the division, and Sheffield beat us in Sheffield. That's okay. I thought I, I thought that was I thought that's where it was, but it was. Uh, yeah, I get I get them a bit mixed up. And the and the place we stayed was Amy's Amy's mum and dad's house in Grantham. Oh, that's right. Yes. Wow. It's uh, I've been on a lot of trips. So many. It's, what is it? Sixteen years, seventeen years of going up and down to Sheffield and Nottingham and Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that was uh, that was obviously the first big road trip I remember, um, and I remember I remember you being there in the very somber delivery of my hat going missing. And of course, it's a great story for me, but maybe not for you. And then <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, and obviously the, the the loss to Sheffield, despite it being a you know pretty close tough game, and then beating them at home. Um, but then moving on from there, Dibs, you you got your uh, your foot in the door with the Eagles. Can't remember if it was the following season or the season after with a with a trip to Oxford and Cambridge. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk us through that? Uh, 
Um, oh, should I talk about that? That, that involved um, some, some slight breaking of the rules. Well, it's too late now to go back in time. I'm not in the league either. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, basically, um, uh, the Eagles were extremely short of players. Um, I think they had about eight guys travelling for a, a doubleheader uh, against Cambridge and Oxford. Um, so I got asked if I wanted to just bring my gear, even though I wasn't a student anymore, uh, bring my gear along and play because um, they were desperate. And I just said yes. Um, uh, yeah, and that was a that was an interesting time. Uh, I remember we we uh, we beat Cambridge on the first night. Uh, that was interesting with about how many? Did, I think did we have seven players, eight players, seven? I think it was seven players. Um, and we beat them, so that's quite embarrassing for them because uh, I was playing, and then there was another guy playing that had, had never played before, didn't know how to put the gear on. Uh, and then the next day we played Oxford. Um, the guy who'd never played before had to go home, so we had six players. <laughs> and then the um, the first shift of the game, uh, one of the guys in the team, Jonathan Lowe, uh, got hit into the boards and dislocated his shoulder. So we had uh, five skaters for the last fifty-six, seven minutes of the game. So that's the that's the longest shift I've ever had in, in hockey. And, uh, and what was it like playing for that full period of time? I mean, was this um, I, I don't have many memories of it, to be honest. I think I was just so tired. Um, and these were the first games I ever played. In, in, uh, in Scottish Rec, they don't allow checking. Um, mm. And obviously, as quite a beginner player, um, I'd never played in a checking game before. So that was the first time I'd ever been hit in a hockey game. Uh, so I do have a memory of just getting getting the puck my job as, as a player was I got the puck and, I, and then I tried to move it someone better than me as quick as possible. Um, I got the puck and moved it and then someone hit me and I'm sure I went flying and they just skated up and down the ice for a couple of minutes not knowing where I was, um, which probably sounds quite bad actually now these days. Um, but I was fine. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an experience. I think we only lost that game 11-1 or something like that, but considering how short we were, which isn't, isn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, and um, and can you? I mean, in those early days, do you, is there there's certain players that you, you remember significantly for the the way they played or playing alongside them? Um, oh, there's oh, there's so many, um, so many players. I, I remember Ryan McFarlane. He's uh, and he's actually been back the last couple of years, um, playing a bit a bit for the Eagles. But he was there in the early days. Um, really good player. Ewan Heels, obviously. Um, Gus, he was pretty good. Uh, obviously, Kenny and goals. Uh, he he was uh, he had his he had his moments. Uh, you you too, as Rambo, you you had your moments as well. Um, it wasn't always pretty, but you uh, you, you got the job done. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> Um, one of my most significant memories of you and the bench when we went anywhere was the first trip to Cardiff where I hit the crossbar with a wrist shot and then all I could hear was you laughing from the bench <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not sure why I found that so funny it was it was uh, I think it was the noise it made off the crossbar it was such a terrible shot and it was so close to scoring it was it was it was pretty hilarious uh, yeah that was that was good memories um, so you know, in the early days, is 
a lot of people listening that have just started now that they're maybe spoiled in, in some respects because they got a lot of they, there's a lot more opportunity for new players would you would you agree that the BIT's got a bit more opportunity for a beginner now um, yeah, uh, I think for for some teams, for, uh, definitely. Um, and then, I mean, you just have to see from from the number of uh, number of teams and the t- the number of tiers um, at the nationals at the end of the year. Just, uh, I mean, especially Sheffield and, and Nottingham, the number of teams they can they can put out and cater to, you know, almost every skill level is um, is, is really impressive. Um, and it's it is it is great for like participation in the game gets gets more people involved in it and then you know there'll be fans for life in the game for life hopefully and uh, and just keep growing it from there and um, so you, you obviously in the early days you didn't play much for the Eagles but you were there a lot but um, then of course the, the Beagles were formed and, and you, do you remember your first involvement with them? Um, yeah I just remember you wanting to get a B team together because um, we were getting more and more beginner players wanting to get involved um, and actually play like because of the Phoenix you could get more beginners involved and they wouldn't have to play for the Eagles they could play play rec for the Phoenix um, but obviously it was getting bigger and bigger so there was sort of the, the there was a sort of the numbers there to to make a second sort of university team as it was um, so then it became like the B Eagles team, and obviously that made the Beagles. Um, and I remember the uh, was it was there games? I can't remember actually. Was there games before we went to that nationals, or, uh, or was there, this, there was one game in Sheffield, uh, in Sheffield and Stirling. Um, oh, okay, yeah, against Newcastle B or C or something. Um, before we went to nationals, I can't, I can't, I can't remember if I, I can't remember if I played in that one. Um, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was great. It was it got so many people involved, um, and it just uh, it was uh, it's a shame that they're not around anymore. And um, unless I remember correctly, obviously the first nationals it was you and you and I. The photo occasionally pops up in my Facebook memories. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, of us in sort of formal but also kind of ridiculous dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, do, do, I mean I don't know if you remember the, the night out from that first that that Beagles trip you you know I remember the night out for that you're setting me up for this to tell this story I certainly um, <laughs> yes uh, yeah the, I think the, the tournament that year was just uh, just a one day thing so it was uh, travel down play the games and then I think we were just going to go out for a bit and then go straight back um so uh, yeah, we we had a bit of a night out. I uh, at the time um, I wasn't really I wasn't really drinking, so nights out and getting drunk and all that sort of stuff that wasn't really my thing. Um, so it was a it was an interesting night for me, but everyone had fun. I I was okay, and then it's like right time to go home. Everyone piles into the the mini bus and we start to set off, and then a, a certain player who I won't name because it's not very fair on him. Uh, threw up while he was passed out, and then we ended up stopped at uh, stopped at McDonald's for a long time cleaning up. And uh, I'm sure you can testify. I was I was not very happy because I was very tired and I just wanted to go home. Yeah, I I, uh, I do remember remember <laughs> the the trip. This same player um, had a shots battle with let's let's say a player who hadn't been playing. It was uh, Big George who decided to come down and help out. 
um, and be sort of a fan um, with us. Uh, George could take his drink certainly at the time. I don't know what he what he's like now, but um, he uh, they had a shots battle in front of the bar, and then the player ripped, pulled his shirt off his head and started whipping people in the, the butt with it. And um, so he had a great time. Um, and then we, as you say, we ended up on the bus home. He, he was sick, and George then cleaned him, took his trousers off. He was sitting in the middle of McDonald's car park, butt naked. Um, exposing himself to me and anyone else that was going past, and uh, yeah, and then he woke up in Edinburgh. I couldn't remember why he was there and had no trousers on. So <laughs> pretty much it. But I remember you at the end of it was like, I don't know if I'll ever be back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a good end to that trip. I needed. I need a bit of time to to recover from that one. Uh, yeah, okay. it was a bit of an ordeal. Yes, but I, I came back, so it was it was all fine. It, it was, was all, all fine. It was all fine in the end. <laughs> makes it makes a it makes a very funny story to tell people years years down the line. Yeah. Now, um, I obviously uh, you're talking there. You didn't really drink in in those in those early days. I mean, I don't I don't think you're a a big drinker now, as it were. But um, you know, I remember your well. I say I remember your first drink of you sipping tequila. That might be inaccurate because I was pretty pretty drunk myself at the point. But what, what you know, you didn't really ever take a drink when you were out, and then and then suddenly you became like this cider monster. And <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that come about? Uh, well, interestingly, I um, about oh what year? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I think that was. I think that's right. Um, I uh, was the equipment manager uh, for the Edinburgh Capitals, uh, the pro team in Edinburgh, um, no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, it became a sort of point for for all, for all the boys in that team that couldn't believe that I, did, I was, how old was I at the time, 22 or something, didn't drink, didn't do any of that sort of stuff. Um, they gave me a, a lot of grief about it on road trips and stuff. Um, and... Uh, I can't remember how it came about, but they they made me they convinced me that at the team Christmas night out uh, they could try and get me drunk. So they bought me all the drinks that night. I drank what they gave me. Some of it wasn't very good. Some of it was was quite nice. Um, got pretty drunk that night. Felt okay the next day. Um, and was I don't know. It was like a switch in my brain. I was like, ah, it's actually not bad. This this drinking thing. So uh, I did it a bit more for a little while, and uh, now I've sort of just gone back to. Are they ever drinking? Not going out. Pretty boring. But yeah, that's the that's the story. Yeah, because my, my my early memories of when we had like team socials and team nights out and stuff was that um, I if I was going to the bar to get like a pint of beer or whatever, I'd always go dibs. Do you want anything? And I remember once getting told off by someone because they thought I was annoying you for not drinking, but genuinely I was just asking if you wanted a glass of water or anything while I was up because <laughs> I knew that you wouldn't take a drink. Um, so. You know that was that was that was fine as far as I was concerned, but I do remember in those early days people thinking that I was just trying to wind you up to make you. Oh no, I never. Uh, no, don't don't worry, Rambo. You were you, you never gave me any problems with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the the uh, the sipping tequila thing is that is that just something I remember that didn't actually. That happen? that is not. I don't know what uh, this has been your story for years. That I that everyone got there were shots of tequila. Uh, and it's and it was like here, Matt, Debs, do a shot, and I was like, and I reluctantly agreed to it. Now, in my memory, I just did the shot, thought it was horrible, made that um, 
made that opinion very clear. Um, your memory of it, apparently, is that I, I slowly sipped it, which, as far as I'm concerned, is impossible, because I would have sipped it once, decided I didn't want to have any more, and, and would have left it that. But I'm fairly certain I just downed the whole thing. But <laughs> who knows? It's, it's, it's in the past. It could, be, it could be one of these things, like, who's right? That's probably me, but... <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, so... You know, moving moving on in your in your career, um, I want to talk about you you playing for the Phoenix a bit because you you didn't play a lot of uni hockey. I know you played one nationals with the Beagles, but um, your uh, I think your first goal came before you played with the Beagles. So I want to talk about that and and you know what it was like breaking breaking that duct after a few years. Do you remember your first goal? Uh, I do remember my first goal. Um... Funnily enough, I can't remember who it was against. Maricu. Uh, oh, that was at the Lightning. That's right. The the one season of wonders. Uh, um, yeah, I I remember it was. Uh, I think you passed it to Rab McGarry, who got a breakaway, um, and I was following in. He missed, uh, and then uh, I was. He went and picked up the rebound in the corner, and I was just parked in front of the net. He passed it to me, I got it, uh, shot it in and scored. And then my next memory is turning around and you're jumping on top of me, which is uh, going to be pretty frightening, to be perfectly honest, because uh, you're a big guy. Um, and then you, you, you became a bit of a goal scorer after that. Um, you, you know, uh, do, do you want to talk us through your, your shift in the Scottish plate? Oh, the Scottish plate. Uh, what year was that? Was that... 2007? 2009 was the year we won it, were you? Yeah. Oh, was that 2009? God, yeah. just, I'm getting them all mixed up. Uh, yeah, that, that was probably the best season I ever had in hockey. I, had a, I actually had a goal-scoring streak of a few games. I can't remember how many I got by the end of the year. But uh, yeah, the Scottish Plate, we were a pretty dominant team that year in the competition. Um, scored tons of goals uh, as a team, played really well, won the, won the tournament. But uh, uh, I just have a memory of... Uh, Scoring two goals in one shift, um, which will will never happen again. Uh, but the and the first goal was pretty lucky, to be honest. Uh, John Elkins, big guy from the point, big slap shot, or it was a slap pass. Can't remember what it was, but came in. I swung to one time, it missed it. It hit my foot, looped over the goalie's head, and dropped in. So that was the first one. Very fortunate. Uh, and then the second one, uh, just at the back post, had a wide open net to tap into. Um, and then uh, and then I was straight to the bench because I was like, it's not going to get better than this. Get me off. Yeah, I remember George uh, Nicholas Boer kept asking us to keep you out there for the natural. Um. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was never going to happen. <laughs> um, I I remember scoring two goals in one shift against the Lions one time, and Eddie Baker pulled pulled our line off the ice because he couldn't he couldn't bear to think of me getting a natural. Hat-trick. Um, yeah. So, um, do you? I mean, do you look back in your sort of early days before you you became more involved in the sort of setup of the club? Is is there any particular memories that you look back fondly on that we've maybe not touched on? Um. I think just overall, I, I just—I mean, I—I I just loved it. I, I mean, I never knew I was a very good player. Um, there were, uh, or a lot, you know, there were there were some games where you'd, it was it was frustrating um, because uh, you just sort of knew what you had to do 
didn't have the ability to do it. But I, I mean, I always, always had fun. Um, I just remember just uh, making new friends, meeting new people, um, always having a good laugh, uh, socialising with the team off the ice, um, enjoying the road trips. Uh, and obviously we had, uh, you know, playing in uh, those sort of recce tournaments, the Scottish Plate, and having success in those, um, I think it was, uh, made semi-finals and finals, and, and then obviously finally won it in 2009. Uh, yeah, just all great, just just great memories, really, just uh, just good times, enjoying myself, um, playing a sport that I love uh, with other people that just love to play as well, and it's, yeah, it's pretty great. And um, I think it's fair to say that, as you as you said, you always knew you weren't the best of players, but you always had a mind for the game. Is one of the things I I would say, looking back, even as early as the first and second season, you could tell like you didn't go offside all the time. So um, that was that was a comment you remember. Um, do, you, do you remember how you got sort of drawn into coaching? Obviously, you, you coached the Beagles, but thereafter. I think um, I just like uh, for me hockey um, was like an obsession so you know you're, you're always watching videos about it I'm always reading about it um, uh, I, I'm, I'm very much sort of I love history as well so um, trying to learn the history of the sport history of the, the game in the NHL um, and, and then just obviously as being a, a, a fan of the sport as well I watched loads of hockey um, and it, it just became more interesting because because I couldn't play as well uh, as I possibly wanted to. Uh, didn't have the ability, but but watching it, um, you sort of you learn things, you pick things up, and I just I, almost like a sponge, just wanted to pick up as much information as possible. Um, and then it just sort of grew from there, where it's like you get to a stage where where you know what, or you think you know at least. Um, what to do, how people should do things, um, uh, how to play. Um, but if you don't have the ability to sort of do that yourself on the ice, it's, I mean, the next the next best thing is to, to try and, you know, get into coaching um, and try and get other people who are better to you, than you to fulfil that potential and, you know, play that way. And, um, yeah, that basically. Um, so, as I say, you, you did – you. You came down with me and we, we coached the Beagles together. Um, 2007 Nationals, I think that was, the one-day one. Um, I remember probably the moment that was most frustrating for both of us in that tournament was when Disco Dave spoiled a 4-0 <laughs> by passing yeah. behind yeah. All, all three members of the team who were also on the 4-0 with him. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he, and he gave, a bat, gave up an odd man rush going back the other way. Uh, yeah, that was that was no, oh, that's that's frustrating. But you know, that's I think you, you need to forgive these mistakes sometimes when it's uh, yeah. Cool. Was, I mean, at, at the time, I didn't. I I was very upset and, and told him. But <laughs> uh, on, on reflection, maybe maybe not as uh, shouldn't have got as angry as maybe I did. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, and then you you I guess officially became the. Uh, the assistant coach when when I when I took over from Tom Ham um, that was about two, 2010 or something what 
what were those days like? Did you did you enjoy those days? I mean, I know that I'm interviewing you, but you can you can be quite quite honest about it. Uh, no, it was it was good. The the team uh, the team was relatively successful. Um, what was it? Was it three three years? Four years? I can't. I think it was three. I think it was, uh, think it was three. Yeah, uh, team was really successful. We had some pretty good players. Um, it was uh, it was nice to be involved in, you know, trying to um, you know trying to shape a way a team plays, um, trying to help a team be successful, um, having input in that, uh, and then you were always receptive to my ideas. Uh, I think. I think I, I maybe there was some frustrations about but that. That's uh, frustrations on my part, just because uh, maybe you didn't do things the way I maybe thought they should have been done. Um, but that's uh, that's just life as a, as an assistant coach. I think it's uh, you, you. You just have to support those decisions, and you know they weren't they weren't the wrong ones. We we, we won a lot of games. Um, we had a lot of success, so it was yeah, it was uh, no, it was good. It was good. It was a good learning experience for me. There's no, no pressure of uh, being the man in charge. Uh, just, uh, just sort of the the, the background guy, just uh, trying to help where he can and uh, try and learn and try and get better. Yeah, I remember you as being a sort of good, uh, a good compass for a lot of sort of tactical decisions um, in those days, and not necessarily making them all didn't necessarily follow every every piece of advice which maybe as you say was a bit frustrating and I, I know the feeling only too well um, I think the team back then was it was a different sort of team to what maybe the Eagles have got now in terms of <laughs> drinking culture was a bit different back then yes uh, <laughs> um, you, you might remember some road trips where the, the team were three shits the wind on the way home a lot more than you perhaps do now yeah but yeah, I think I think it was it was good it was good times for me back then. Certainly, I enjoyed coaching. It was a, uh, I think my my one of my favourite coaching moments from back then was the accidental discovery of the red line. Um, do, do you remember uh, the red yes. line? Uh, yes, do you remember the red line? Um, uh, Tyson, uh, Tony, and oh, have I forgotten his name? Suzich. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. A, Total accident. Going to Sheffield in our first game of the season. <laughs> uh, going down there, and it was meant to be um, this guy Mitch who was meant to play with them. Oh, that's right. And uh, and Mitch couldn't make it to Sheffield, and uh, so Stu was sort of at that time, I guess, seen as a sort of grinder character. Um, we we stuck him on with Tyson and Tony, who Tony Sell is. Of course, most people know who Tony Sell is is these days. Um, and uh, and I remember the two of them meeting me outside the changing room before the game the next day and saying, um, "We want to we, please don't change our line. We want we want Stuart in our wing." So that's what happened. Uh, yeah, it was a, a, a pretty phenomenal line. Cycled the, the puck brilliantly. Um, scored, could defend. Um, yeah, just a just a great line. Um, yeah, and 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 Zuzic, he, he really complimented it just with his work rate. I mean, it's just unbelievable energy just all over the ice. He had the uh, the patented one-handed poke check and then put it behind his back to recover. Um, yeah, it was uh, a yeah, pretty pretty good line. Didn't have to do a lot of coaching with them. They just they just knew what they were doing and went out and did it. Yeah, certainly. Um, and then in those days, you had uh, you had some characters in the team. You had Neil Dolan. Um, 
Andy Blakely, uh, Kyle Francis, who was oh, yeah. the wrecking crew. Um, you know, it was it was a good bunch back then. Um, what was your what was your sort of favourite memories of of that period, like on ice or off the ice? Um, I think um, I'm just trying to think of specific thing. I think just in general, though, like it was there was a lot of talent, and there were a lot of guys that knew what they were doing, um, and. Um, you know, there's some some really good games. Um, I think uh, I'm trying to remember which season it was. I think one of the biggest memories for me is uh, the Sheffield away. It was like double uh, double header trip. I think we played. Um, who did we play? Birmingham the night before, and they weren't they weren't that great, and it was a pretty easy win. But then it was uh, playing Sheffield with. Um, did we have eight? Eight players? I think it was nine. Uh, nine. No, it was going to be nine, and then Beth had to go home. Do you remember that's, that? Because right. there was a mix. There was a mix-up with the uh, with the, the the face-off time. We thought it was like eight thirty, and it was actually ten thirty. That was my first year as the uh, as the fixture secretary, and I got mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we were eight players. Um, I think we had a, a beagle playing up as well. Um, and we were, I think, five minutes left, down by two goals. Um, yeah, and uh, came back, uh, came back and won it. I think that's my, that's my biggest memory from uh, from that, uh, that little period of time. That was a, that was a great game. That was that was a special. And I think you were you were right. We were down by a couple, and then Tony happened basically, if I remember. Uh, no, we. I think we we got a we got a penalty shot, and Max scored it. So that got us within that got us within one, and then I think the next shift uh, was it Techie? I think maybe we scored on the next shift that tied it, and then in the last minute Tony got the winner as he had a habit of doing. Um, yeah, and that was uh, that was the win. And then there was of course the contention at the end where um, uh, a Sheffield player shot it at the net as time expired, and um, our goalie at the time just let it go in because the time was up. <laughs> the, the Sheffield players contested that because he got the shot away before the buzzer had gone, it, it still counted, and that was the tying goal. Um, but obviously, this isn't basketball, um, so that's not the rule. But uh, the ref still had to go and check the rule book afterwards, so it was, yeah, yeah that was a bit stupid. I remember uh, it was Chris Gray that was in goals for that game. Uh, yeah. I remember he. Uh, He'd, he'd moved to Derby for part of his course, or, you know, like a placement or something, and so I had to pick him up from the train station in Birmingham so he could play those two games. And I, I, I remember going in the changing room after the game when the referees were still looking up this rule, and he was pure white, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely petrified that he had uh, he had conceded this goal. Um, <laughs> Um, of course, the referees were just like, of course it's not a goal when they went in, like they knew all the time, but they still went and checked their rule book. So. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, well, good. Uh, so, uh, a, a classic BHA uh, uh, victory, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was the uh, that was my my last year as the as a sort of the head coach of the Eagles. I've had stints helping out and still come on and help out training and stuff nowadays. But um, of course, there was the. We're not going to go into the controversial Oxford game. Um, I just remember you saying that this will never be forgotten and never forgiven. Unfortunately, that 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 Oxford team doesn't exist anymore. 
Um, oh well then, that's that's fine. <laughs> so you know, in time we won. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we still exist. Uh, so yeah, the, after after that season, after the uh, obviously the Oxford tobacco was my last my last game in charge. Um, you uh, well, let, let's talk about that last nationals that you you went to. You weren't very well. Um, no. Uh, no, I was I was yeah, I, I flew or something. Didn't want to get everyone sick, so I think I spent spent the whole tournament just uh, sitting in the stands watching. Yeah, do, do you have any do you have any memories of that? I mean, I know what my best memory of that tournament is, but uh... um, well, obviously making the making the final that was a, that's a pretty good memory. Um, uh, the the closely fought, fought uh, semi final, um, getting a big win over um, St Andrews in the group stage to to actually make it through to the semis that was a uh, that was pretty good. Um, because historically our record against against that team isn't isn't great, so it's always a uh, always good to get uh, a big big win over them. But obviously the the, the funny memory is um, who is it we were playing? Was it Sheffield? Is that in the semi final or? Um, I'm just thinking of the, the the your team talk. That was that was the season before. Was that? Are you? Was it? The season before was the because you weren't in the changing room um, in the last one because you were staying away from everyone. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, but you can. Uh, it was the season before. You can. You can certainly. Uh, can certainly repeat that if you if you would like to. <laughs> um, was it Was it Sheffield that it was? It was Sheffield, yeah. It was Sheffield, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I think Sheffield that season had had uh, forfeit a game. Um, so obviously there's fines involved in that and. Uh, Money to be paid, and, uh, and Rambo's given his big roaring, rip roaring talk before the game as he as he liked to do, get everyone fired up, and then his big finish was, uh, remember these guys owe us money, so let's pay them back, and then stormed out the room, um, and he was like, he says to me, how, how did that, uh, how do you think that went? I was like, it was pretty good, but uh, if if they owe us money, why do we have to pay them back? <laughs> Yeah, I thought you might bring this up. <laughs> yeah, it was a good memory for me. I have that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, though uh, the the second one, uh, the the one the the one where you were in the stands was the last one that I was sort of in charge of. Um, I think my my fabled speak team talk on that one was. Uh, was before the St Andrews game where it was either us or them that were advancing to the next round, um, telling everyone that like uni hockey would be over for some of us the next day. It doesn't end. It doesn't end now. And then walking out the room almost in tears, realizing that this would might be my last game coaching properly. And then the team absolutely destroying St Andrews. <laughs> that was uh, it. Was it was impressive? That was. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, some great. Uh, there was a, it was a, a good tournament, and it was just a, just a shame couldn't, uh, couldn't, didn't quite have the the legs for the final um, against a, a really good Southampton team, um, which I'm sure is a story for a lot of teams over the years, it's making it to the finals and having to face Southampton. Yeah, and then playing that second semi is an absolute death sentence as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. After that season, and as I say, the Oxford debacle, you you uh, you then take over the take over the reins of the team. Um, what what was it like transitioning from you know when I've always found when I was assistant coach with with Tom, I was I 
uh, there's less pressure because you're you're not you're not the one who's making the the final decision necessarily. What was it? What was it like that transition for you? Um, it was interesting because um, I think uh, when you I think when you're as assistant, um, you know you don't always agree with everything um, that the the head coach decides, and um, I think I know I know a lot of times that maybe I, I felt I I knew better and I had a lot of big ideas that first year. Um, uh, and then it was, uh, it was, it was actually, a, it was, a, it was an interesting experience because you have a lot of ideas and you think, you know, it all, and then that first year as, as a head coach, um, was actually really difficult. Um, and it was, uh, it was a real eye opener that like, you know, just cause you think something's a good idea and, and it might be a good idea, but, but actually trying to get your team to do it is, uh, is incredibly difficult, um, and it was a, it was a real transition year as well. I mean, a, a lot of these great players we've been we've been chatting about um, that had played over the previous sort of uh, three four years they were all graduating, they were all leaving. Um, so you know, a lot of the uh, there were still some obviously some really really good players, but there was a it was a big transition from you know players leaving and then hoping some new ones come in, and then um, the over that same summer, the, we had to drop to just the Eagles because of uh, you know, various things, loss of ice time and, you know, rulings by governing bodies and so forth. But I won't, I won't get into that. But um, So we had to merge everything into one. So, you know, it was uh, working with a lot more inexperienced players and experienced players and trying to get them uh, to all better. But it was uh, it wasn't a bad year. It was it was OK. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a it was an eye opener for me. Definitely, definitely. It, it, uh, it just uh, it showed me that um, you can't ever just think you know it all, think everything you think is um, the best idea, and that like you have to constantly learn as well. And I definitely learned a lot from that first year. Um, and every actually every year I've, I've coached, um, you learn new things on how you can do things better. And um, but yeah, that was a that was a big one in terms of. You know, opening my eyes to that. Yeah, I, I think uh, that was the first thing I noticed as well, and the ability to to have to sort of man manage as well is one of the um, is one of the the, the issues you have. Um, and then, obviously, you got through that first season, and um, you uh, you then you developed it. Well, I don't think you developed it, but you you, you introduced to the BIHA a new tactic. I don't know. If- oh yeah, that was my third. That was that was that was year three coaching. Yeah, um, I went to a. Um, uh, I'll I'll give the the long story for this one. Uh, I went to a coaching conference in Toronto. I think it was Toronto. Yes, Toronto. Um, and uh, came across a, a. I think it was a. I think it was a high school. Um, high school coach. Uh, and he was raving. It wasn't even one of the presentations. It was during a during lunch, um, like uh, round the table. And he was raving about this this system he was playing called uh, the torpedo. Uh, and he was explaining it all. And it just so happened that the guy who was sitting next to him that was chatting about it well was was a guy who'd written a book about the system. Um, and I I found it really interesting. Um, it was a um, really piqued my interest and so that night I went on Amazon found the 
found the book, um, bought the Kindle version of it, read it all before I was, was before I was back in the UK, and uh, decided uh, decided that was the uh, the system the Eagles were going to try and run um, for that season. Um, uh, so I can't remember. Did I say what it was called? Um, I've lost track. You did say torpedo. Uh, torpedo, yes. So, so the torpedo, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically you play with four forwards and uh, one defenseman, um, and that's the uh, that's the basic uh, system. Um, but it's uh, it sort of divides the division. You have one defenseman, and then you have uh, two other forwards. Um, who we called halfbacks, but I guess the names don't really matter. Uh, they were almost like two centers. So they would play as forwards when you had the puck, but then when you lost the puck, they would, they would be the first ones to drop back. And then the next two forwards, they were the torpedoes. And their job was simply to always put the other team under pressure, always play on offense, uh, always try and win the puck back when we didn't have it. Um, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we ran that for that one season and it was uh it was pretty successful yeah yeah um i, I thought i remember watching it and um it was to me it was quite innovative you know it was, it was new to the the bha certainly and teams most teams in the bha don't really play systems so that um <laughs> <laughs> any system was probably new to the bha but um i think it, it worked well it had had some flaws as well but all systems yeah. do um and it, yeah no it was it was that was your third season and then you i think you started the next season with it and and had to adjust yeah so yeah so the the, the the torpedo was a lot of fun and then i mean i never i never really i never really tried to teach it um to the team that first year i mean all i really did was i, I when we were doing practices um i'd i'd make the lines and there would be four forwards and one defenseman, um, and that was for the first month. Uh, that's all I did every practice, and I never, I never told them um, that was what we were going to be running or anything like that. I just, I just put them in that, and then you know I would have forwards come to me, and it's like, well, what, what do you want me to play? You know, our line's got four forwards, and we've only got one D. Like, do you want me to play D? And I was like, no, just, just play the forwards. And I, I kind of found that um, going like just not telling them and putting them in those ideas and sending them out there, they kind of figured out for themselves, you know, defensively um, how to do it. And then once we started going into games, I started explaining it more of, you know, how it's to work and things like that. And uh, that seemed to work quite well. Um, and the guys had a lot of fun with it. Um, there were some, I mean, there were some players that didn't really like it. There were, but there were a lot of guys that loved it and thought it was a great way to play. Um, but the next year, um, obviously we had a lot of success for it. I really enjoyed it. I tried to do it again, um, but I think the problem I had that, that next year was we had a lot of we had a, we had a big influx of new players. Um, a lot of them were were um, quite good, had played for a long time, and um, I think the mistake I made that year was from from like day one because all the returning players knew it. I then was trying to explain it to the people coming in to try and get it to work, and um, it just didn't really. It wasn't really meshing. And then our first game of the season, it didn't work at all. It was a bit of a disaster. And um, uh, I just, uh, from from then on, uh, I, I sort of reverted back to a more sort of traditional three forwards, two defensemen, and we had a lot more success with that. And I think that was just a judgment call where we only train once a week. I don't get all the players there every week. 
um, the season had started. So um, once I tried going back and it worked, it was it was just a case of well, this worked better. I don't really have time to try and uh, make it work again. Um, and we went from there. And it was still a good season, and it was a, a bit of a shame because I, I do really like it. I still have the book. Um, uh, I would definitely be open to, to doing it again in the future, um, but I think you need to have the, the, the right mix of players uh, to get it to work. And uh, obviously, in uni hockey, you don't really have a lot of say in the players you get, um, so it just sort of has to be the right situation. And obviously, since then, that's never never come around again. Yeah, um, and then obviously, uh, moving on. I mean. I don't want to go in every season because we could be here all all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've we've both been involved in this club in one shape or form, whether it's just a fan or whatever, uh, since 2003. So, um, yeah. But uh, obviously, the the next, I suppose, the crowning moment, the first crowning moment for you, not the not the the main one, but the the first one was was that first wiki win. Um, oh yeah. Um, can, you, can you talk us through? what the, the vibe was like in the locker room before that game you know what did something feel different or was it just another game and it, it worked out um, well obviously the, the, the Wookiee game um, has is, is, uh, sort of become bigger and bigger each year um, I, I mean I remember when it first started and and you and me sort of um, you know uh, didn't take it very seriously um, we were just like, oh, this this new team, are they going to be any good and stuff like that? And obviously, I wasn't at the first Wookiee game, but obviously we lost that and then lost the one after that. And, and it was just like, I can't remember how many years it had been, four years maybe of losing every year. Um, and the season before, we'd come extremely close. It was the first time we'd led in the game. Uh, it was back and forth. Um, but in the end... Um, they just they just pipped it, but it was the that the that year before was was the first year it was it was really you know a proper a proper contest. It felt like we were actually you know there to to win. We weren't just there to get uh, spanked off St Andrews so they can celebrate in front of all their mates and stuff. Uh, um, so there was a and then obviously in the the season leading up to that point, um, we'd uh, lost the uh, the division title to them again. Um, again, we'd gone to the last game of the season, just not even needing to win, just to get a point at home uh, to finish first, and we uh, we didn't do it. So after that point, there was I think a month, six weeks, building up to that point, and uh, it just became all the focus for the team was that game, um, focusing on getting ready for it. That that had to be the year that. We to when it would come so close to the year before, a lot of the guys who were on the, the team the year before were still there. Um, yeah, and it was just a real focus on going in there and and finally uh, finally getting that trophy. Yeah, um, and uh, then obviously that that was a, that was a huge thing for the the team. But you you then went up against St Andrews, I think, in the semi-finals. In nationals that year, and and I think they got the better of you again. Is that? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah there's a, a long-running theme since I've been uh, coaching um, the Eagles of uh, of being second fiddle to St Andrews a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, that was I think 
what's that? I think three straight years. I think it's three straight years with uh, lost in the semi-finals to to St Andrews at Nationals. Um, yeah, so not, that's not good memories. That's, uh, that's they're hard to take, especially for some of them because uh, um, particularly a couple of them we were really good team playing really well um, and then just for some reason play against St Andrews and uh, totally forget how to play don't play the right way and uh, it's very frustrating yeah yeah they um somewhat of a bogey team I think since they they came in as a sort of upstart team um Definitely. As coaching and, and every victory against them seems to be huge. Almost like Scotland winning the Calcutta Cup. It's <laughs> um, now uh, obviously the, uh, the I suppose the biggest crowning achievement for for you and, and for the Eagles in general, 16 years in the making it was 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 winning the um, winning the title in 2019 the Cup uh, competition. Um, yeah. Uh, now, obviously, not the first Edinburgh team to win a cup competition because the the Beagles won. I can't remember when, but they won the cup at some point um, when they were not. Uh, yeah, division division three. Yeah, yeah division three. I remember that. Yeah. So, um, what what was you know going into that season? Was it something you thought was achievable, or? Um, um I think I think every. Um, every season that I go into, I never I never. Ex- I never expect us to do well because every year you lose um, you lose players. I mean, it's just the nature of it. Guys graduate or they're only there for the one year on exchange, and then and then they go and and then you're just sort of fingers crossed that you can uh, you can find the players that um, can replace them or surpass them. Um, and then even if you do, do sometimes find these players, it's is keeping them because you know sometimes the, our schedule or our training times or the cost doesn't work for them and you know you they, they you lose out on on those players um i mean I, I think i think going into the last season i knew we had we had a strong nucleus for them you know tony was back again uh got breaking goal uh, um you know two guys have just been around forever basically but made a real you know forged a real spine of the team um yeah we just uh I think uh, we, and obviously Alan as well, is uh, on defence as well. So that's uh, three big pieces. Um, yeah, and then just when the players came in, and you, you know, you start you start practicing, you start putting a team together, and uh, seeing how it all works. Um, I think the the key for for that season is we we had a lot to get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think yeah, I think I think by the time we actually got to the cup games, um, uh, we, had a, we had a we had a pretty good idea that we could we could definitely be successful, we could definitely be a good team. But you know, we'd come so close to the, the, the two seasons before that you know you're not taking anything for granted. You can't assume anything. Um, uh, but you know, we, yeah, we thought we had a, a, a good chance of finishing first again. Yeah, and then uh, obviously finish first, you get to that cup final, um, and tactically, I noticed it straight away. Um, <laughs> Nick, Nick, if he was on here, would admit that he questioned it. Um, but uh, you ran four lines, which I think just it showed the confidence you had in every player um, in that game. Um, but uh, I mean, tactically, I thought it was genius because 
Cambridge were, you know, blown out their ass by the, the midway through the second period, and there was no way back for them at that point. Was that was that always the plan, or was it just? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So obviously, as soon as we we, we got first place, um, you know, all the focus then is on well, first the wiki game, but obviously then um, the playoff final, and, and mainly for us as a team because we'd we'd won the wiki before the year before. You know, all our focus was was on that you know Division One playoff title because it was something the club had never won before. And you know the, you know the, the struggles we'd had to even get that first place uh, made a like a, a real, a real focus for us. And um, yeah, I as as a coach, I actually um, I actually like having a big bench. Um, I like having a full bench of, of players. Um, I mean, for the most part, if we if if the if if the quality's there um, to run it, because I just feel like. If you can constantly put players out there, run four lines, um, you can rest certain players in certain situations, and they're fresh, or they can always give their their best effort. And and I I knew looking at Cambridge's, you know, I'd never seen Cambridge play, but uh, I've been in the south, but you know, you can look at their game sheets, you can see their lineups, and I knew for almost every game they had maybe 11, 12 players. Um, so I assumed that would be the case again in the final. Uh, and I mean, I knew I had a full bench of 20 players plus who could, um, and I could um, put them all out there. And that was just the plan from the start was, you know, run the four lines. Obviously, you put the top guys out when you get the power plays and stuff like that. But when it was five on five, it was just constantly because it kept everyone fresh. They were just putting out the same two lines, you know, every shift. And, you know, it, it worked. I mean, it was a it was a tight game. Um, for the first half hour, I think we had a one nothing lead of the first. Um, but you know they were they are a good team. Obviously they they won their division. They had really qu- good quality players. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was the idea. They they uh, started to fall away. They started to take penalties because they were tired and we were still moving our legs. Um, and just uh, yeah, in the end, it, in the end, it was it was a runaway score, but. Yeah, that first half of the game was was close, um, and it, yeah, it definitely worked out. Yeah, um, of course. And then again, as you say, the nationals theme, <laughs> St Andrews put you put you out in the semi final. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you what if you watched the uh, the final back, the Cambridge final back again on the on the BIC stream that of it or. Uh, I have watched it, yeah. I've, I've watched it. It's some of the uh, the most unbiased commentary you'll ever hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I even get annoyed at a referee for calling an icing when they shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> um, and Nick wasn't there to balance me. He had to go and sort some admin stuff out, so I got left on my own. <laughs> Which was a shame for everyone, because I was quite biased in that game. I didn't mean to be, but I just couldn't help it. Um so yeah, obviously this season was short, cut short with COVID, but I think uh, there was an emergence of Sheffield, and they seem to have now be in a position where their actual their league players are actually playing for them during the season. Um, yeah, did you notice that about them or? Um, I just remember them being very good. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing for us was that uh, our first two games of the season were against. Uh, we're against Sheffield, um, and uh, yeah, we we unfortunately first time for first time it happened in a couple of years. We we went to that first road game of the season, our first cup game, and we were 
short quite a few guys um so from that from that very start that was a bit of an uphill struggle and yeah they were just too good for us uh and then at home uh, didn't didn't play well but they they were really good team really really good um and definitely definitely deserved their first place uh and it's a, it's, it is a real shame that the, the season got cut short because it would have been interesting to see how they would have done the final because they yeah they played really well uh, best Sheffield team I've seen in, in a long long time moved the puck well pressured well um, you know caused us to turn over the puck a lot um, which was uh, which was our downfall at Murrayfield um, but no very very impressive yeah, so I've got to give props to Sheffield every pod they get more listeners that way um, <laughs> um, now, one of the things that you said is a recurring theme in the in the BIH has been the um, losing to St Andrews in the in the semi final. But St Andrews have never won the final, so this year the format was due to change. Um, I put a lot of work into changing the format into into something new and, and different. What what would what was your thoughts when you saw that new format? Did you did you think it was a step in the right direction? Um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, making every game mean something. Um, every team um, has something to play for. Uh, is, and, and having more teams there, um, yeah, I think, I think it would have made a, a, a really, really good event. Um, and it's a shame because uh, I was really interested to see how it all played out. I mean, you know, on paper you can understand it, but obviously once you once you play the tournament, you see how it all filters out. Um, I mean, I think I, uh, it would have been interesting to see the the, the teams from different divisions um, that uh, how they would have stacked up against each other. Because um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some wouldn't have been very close, but you know, you can have on occasions where there's a lower division team where really they're they're from an upper, they really should be in an upper division because they've they've got a bunch of players and. Um, uh, but it's uh, it would have been yeah interesting um, real gauge of talent through through those divisions of the the, the VHA and uh, interesting to see how it would have all shaken out. Um, yeah, well I, I'm glad you say that because I just I just wanted to get someone's take on it who would have been actually involved in in sort of coaching it. Um, now we've talked a lot about your time with the Eagles and stuff. Um, obviously it's not the only teams you've coached. You 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 now sort of assist me. From time to time with the the Steel Queens, you you were on the bench for the big the big nationals victory for them last year. Um, and you think you think obviously that addition of a women's team in, in Caledonia has had a good knock on effect for hockey in general in in Edinburgh, Scotland, or uh, uh, I think for I, I think for for women's hockey, it's been um, yeah, it's been phenomenal. Um, you've done. You know, not to not to make, give you a big head ramble, you've done you've done a, a, a really good job of setting up and um, getting so many people interested, and like the number of players you've managed to get involved in such a short space of time um, is uh, it's really good, phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's a really good club. I mean, I've I've been on nice um, helping out most most of the season, and you know, it's a really good atmosphere. Um, and a real good mix as well of like really good experienced players and players coming through. And there's there's a lot of players you know that have been there a, a couple of years at least now. And you know the progression they've made is is uh, is really impressive. And um, yeah, just I mean all 
positive. I, I you know, I don't, I don't see how there could be a negative um, from something like that. And um, you know, hopefully it just uh, grows and gets better and bigger and more successful. Yeah, yeah, and what I was gonna, what I was gonna, the other thing I was gonna ask you just about that, just briefly, was obviously you're now the, you know, the in charge head coach of the Eagles. You, you obviously you came at, you know, at my request to to assist assist with the Steel Queens. You were there for the Eagles anyway, but you assisted with the Steel Queens. What, what was it? What was it like, sort of taking a step back and essentially being like my assistant again for a weekend? Was it was it a weird experience or? Uh, to, to be honest, it was fine. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I can't really take not that I would, but um, take any credit or, or anything. I mean, I didn't have to do anything at all. That I was there to. I feel like I was just there to, to open and close the door, which was, which was absolutely fine. That's sort of what I expected. I mean, I mean, it was your team. You knew all the players. You know, I wasn't that familiar. Um, and you know, you had a pretty, pretty dominant team as well. I mean, every. Uh, you know some really good players um, uh, and, a, and a phenomenal team spirit um, for the, the, the carried them through. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was nice to be part of. Um, uh, you, you were you were pretty emotional at the at the final buzzer and that final uh, in the final with the was a big win. You, you almost had me going as well, but I managed to hold it together. Fortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you've always you've always been that uh, that sort of uh, gauge of my my emotions. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I was going to talk to you about just just briefly um, is the uh, you obviously coached this year, uh, not this year, last year you were involved in the GBU women's team, and then you coached the IES women's team as well. What was that experience like, getting to go to camp and be involved in and that sort of setup? Uh, it was good. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, um, that was another situation where it was sort of pressure off me. I was I was just there to help out. I wasn't making uh, the big decisions. Um, but yeah, for the for the for the GBU team, uh, you know, a lot of great girls, um, great personalities, really good players. Um, you know, Ryan's a good guy, the, the head coach of the the GBU uh, women's team. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was fun to be involved, going down to Sheffield and, uh, and uh, just, just uh, you know, trying to help out, but trying try to learn as well. Just, you know, seeing how, uh, how other coaches do things. Um, and then the, uh, the IAS, um, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun actually. Um, it was, uh, it was fun to, to know what my lineup was uh, well in advance. Um, I knew, fortunately, I, I kind of had an idea of a lot of the players because, you know, a lot of them were Steel Queens or, or Eagles, um, which was helpful. So, you know, it was it was, it was good to have a, a, a long lead in time to sort of plan and prepare and then to have, um, you know, some ice in the morning to uh, to, to have a practice um, was great as well. I think that might have been the most efficient practice I've ever had because I had you know, a couple of weeks to plan for it, knew exactly who was going to be there um, and managed to get quite a lot done in the, the, the 30 minutes we had. Uh, and then the game itself, I mean, to be honest, we, we, had, we had really, really good players, um, quite a few players that had played together all year, so there was a lot of chemistry right off the bat and um, I didn't really have to do a lot um, on the bench. You know, we um, won fairly easily in the end, which was uh, which was fun, but, it, you know... Um, 
uh, it, it was an easy job for me. I mean, the, the, the players did all the work. I can't take any any credit for that. I just sort of uh, put them put them together, got them to play together, and they did they did all the work. Yeah, I mean, you had you had a sort of dream first line scenario with with Maggie Benson and the Dean who sort of like are almost like twins a little bit in sync when they played together and then sort of got got the bit um added to that and then you had Robin Mullen on the second line so I mean, it's <laughs> yeah I mean you, you can't really you can't get really go wrong in, in in that situation yeah it was uh it was yeah pretty pretty, pretty easy really but uh, uh not not from my doing yeah and then obviously when you were in when you were in Finland uh GB played that that I think there was a team from China. I'm not entirely sure what the name of the team was. Um, so uh, yeah, it, did, what what was it like being on the benches for for that first game? You know, the the Chinese game. Uh, I, it was it was interesting. Um, I mean, that the, the Chinese team were 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 very good. I I watched them practice in the morning. Um, and you could you could see how well drilled they were. You could see it in their warm up. And then they went out the game and, and they played that way. They were, you know, they were obviously a team that played together all year round, traveled together. Um, so just, you know, they were right on the ball straight away, you know, moved the puck extremely well. But it was it was it was very interesting from that point of view to, to watch them play, um, see how they played, what made them successful. Um and then from like the the GBU standpoint, it was it was just trying to yeah, just keep always constantly trying to uh, talk to people on the bench and you know fix little things. Um, there were there were one or two players that weren't as experienced, um, so it was just trying to get them to um, you know try and be in the right place, um, make better decisions uh, and things like that. But I mean the, the the team atmosphere was pretty good. I mean they were. Pretty soundly beaten, but I think everyone still still enjoyed the, enjoyed themselves. And uh, yeah, that was a it was an interesting game. I, I think like not, you can still learn a lot from games even when you're sort of outmatched like that. Um, and uh, you know, I certainly certainly found it interesting. And of course, they they played the the sort of rec team the the following, and I, I don't think that was so much of a, a good game for anyone. Uh, no, that 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 wasn't uh, that wasn't as good. <laughs> Uh, that one just felt more like a, a waste of time, really. Um, I, w- I won't go too much into that. Yeah, yeah. It's the only game I've scored and I've been annoyed with myself. Uh, um, but um, yeah. So the uh, that that was that was 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 what was your sort of fondest memories from that camp? Was there, was there any sort of fond memories? Uh, Finland, it was uh, just a, a really cool experience uh, just to, to go to another country, um, never been to Finland before, uh, to to go to a facility like that, which was just, you know, top class, you know, the to be on the, be on the ice every day, um, you know, helping run practices and, um, you know, to have a coach's room, you know, it's a little thing, but, you know, it was nice to have a room that you could go to and, you know, put your gear and leave it, and you know, come back and sit in and you know, chat about uh, different things about you know practice ahead or the games and stuff like that. Um, uh, 
yeah, it's just you know, just a great trip. And then obviously there was there was the, the you know the broad mix of characters there, and being able to go and then watch a, a Liga game, uh, so see some top league um, finish uh, hockey and see how the fans are out there and how they play there. It's I just yeah, all round really uh, really fun time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, um, what, what's what's next for for you in hockey? What's next? Uh, I don't know. I, to be honest, just with with everything that's happened to the season being cut short, and obviously there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, I've not really really thought about it. I mean, my I, my assumption is I will be uh, uh, back coaching the Eagles again next season, trying to trying to be as successful as we can be. But obviously, we need to wait and see when rinks re- reopen. Um, you know what guidelines are and stuff like that. Obviously, when there's a there's a virus about, you know, maybe traveling around in minibuses and stuff might not might not be that safe and all those sorts of things. So there's a a lot of uncertainty. I think just going forward, as, as long as I'm involved in hockey um, uh, and I feel like I'm having a, a, a positive impact, then uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be there. But yeah, like I say, just at this moment, it's, uh, it's all uh, very uncertain. Okay, and and a sort of a couple of more fun. Quick things to hit. Um, Nick Ivel um, sent in a question: What has been your best night's sleep um, on a road trip? <laughs> um, any any night that you I didn't have to share a room with you. <laughs> That's what you said. Hundred percent, you weren't there. Um, <laughs> he sent me the message. Um, um, I don't. The other thing was you were talking about guys going to training. Um, and uh, that was a, you know, a, there was a meme thing. I don't know if you noticed it on Facebook with the BIHA page uh, the other day. I don't know if you, you get all the notifications about the BIHA actual page. Uh, uh, I, I might have seen it. I might not. I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't go on Facebook too much at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, we put a thing up to see just for bit of content for the site what's your favourite memes and stuff and we've got a meme in from uh, from Matt McIntosh you'll be aware um, oh yes yeah um, so do, do you know the I don't always guy that does the memes yeah uh, well so um, he's what he's done is he's superimposed Alan Nanji's head on this guy um, <laughs> and I just want to get your reaction to this he superimposed his head and said I don't always play hockey but when I do I prefer not to practice um, I don't know how much I should say about that. Uh, it's, um, it's it's not wrong. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and uh, and lastly, in the sort of lighter note of things, Matt, should uh, should Liverpool just be awarded the title? Um, if they can't play the games, uh, yes. But I'd rather they they finished it because that would be a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah, I mean, would you? How would you feel about you know? I'm not sure you're the type of guy that goes around, you know, singing football songs and waving flags. But how would you feel about celebrating like a victory that was potentially just the season got cut short because of this pandemic? Um, I think in this circumstance, it's it's uh, it's it's not that great, just because you know, as a as a Liverpool fan, waiting so long to to see them uh, win a league title. Um, you know, I was I was I was you know gearing myself up to see the watch the big celebrations at Anfield and all that sort of stuff, and I just you know that's not going to happen now. But 
um, you know, you, you still take it. They, you know, you, no one can say they don't deserve it. Um, you know, one of the one of the dominant teams in, in Premier League history. Um, but yeah, it's just a just bad timing. Um, but uh, the, hopefully they'll they'll get there in the end, and you know, it'll be it'll be memorable uh, in, in more than one way. That's, that's for sure. Because uh, I don't think anyone's going to forget this time. Yeah. Now I'm just I'm just going to. This is a follow-on question. Given that Liverpool didn't do their standard choking every season here um, is it their fault that COVID-19 um, came to the UK uh, no <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a weird question <laughs> I'm only joking <laughs> <laughs> Just thought, you know, they they're so far ahead. They're going to, they're it's almost inevitable. And now this uh, this pandemic's come to stop them getting to celebrate. I, I do kind of feel sorry for for Liverpool fans. Oh well, it's uh, you know there's there there is more important things uh, oh, right now. I mean, it's absolutely. just uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just one of those things. You just gotta gotta get on with it. Yeah, and now uh, the um. The well, the last thing I was I was thinking I wanted to ask you about in in a, in a sort of as a hockey fan, how do you feel about the NHL coming back with no fans and the players all wearing full, full visors and stuff? Uh, I haven't heard about the the full visor thing. Uh, I think that's just the way sport is right now. I mean, just uh, um, you know, uh, we, you can't have people mass groups of people getting together. Um, but I think it's good if if we can get sport back. I mean, I know that's that's been the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, since all this all started and you know everything's been locked down, it's just you know having not having sport to watch. You know, that's I think that's the thing I really enjoy. You know, any sport. I'm a fan of. I'm a you know I, I don't participate in a lot of sports, but I I'm a fan of, of a lot of sports. I enjoy watching sports, and uh, to not have that has been pretty tough. So I think if they can get as many of them back possible and safely um, you know it's not going to be good, as good when there's no crowd there and you know atmosphere and stuff but um, it's still better than nothing at all um, and uh, yeah this the, the NHL's announcement um, of course uh, bittersweet because it's just, it's 24 teams have made it and once again my team the Sabres are still not good enough to make a, a, a 24 team Playoff. Um, our our yeah. Oh yes, our our team. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, if they can get it back and and safely and they can have a winner at the end, I think I think that will be that will be a good thing. It'll be you know at least give me something else to watch. Yeah, I, I think I think for especially for NHL teams and stuff, it, it's more important if they can finish the season so you. you Win the Stanley Cup rather than it's gifted to gifted to you. It's a different setup, obviously, from leagues and stuff, and it's not gifted. You've you've earned your place. But I, I do think for for ice hockey, if they can get it back in some shape or form, then that's what they're going to have to do. I like the idea of two hub cities. I think that yeah. makes perfect sense. It maybe doesn't work with like you know like football or things like that where a pitch gets chewed up. I think you just cut the ice again, so it's probably a bit easier. Um, but I mean, it's maybe a protocol that the, NF- the NBA and stuff can follow as well. Um, anyway, um, just just before you go, you're obviously a very well-read man in the in the in sport in general and ice hockey. But um, is there any documentaries or books or anything you would you'd recommend to people? Um, well, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people have already watched this, but uh, the the Last Dance on uh, Netflix. 
um, that's been coming out the last few weeks about the uh, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls dynasty is uh, extremely good. Very much enjoyed watching that. I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a huge basketball fan, um, but I do enjoy. Uh, as I said before, I, I enjoy the sort of history and history of sports, and uh, to have something look back on that and to see. Um, um, what players did and the personalities and uh, what made Michael Jordan and that team so successful is uh, it's really interesting and I, I think a lot of uh, the, the message in that and things you can get can, from, can be applied to all sports so I would definitely recommend that um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head right now I mean I, I, I watch a, I watch a lot of stuff uh, about sports but that's that's the one that's, that, that jumps out to me Actually, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, uh, one other thing. Uh, I, I know a lot of people don't see it as a, as a, as a proper sport, but uh, obviously all, pretty much all sports off at the, at the moment. Um, but um, motorsport is, a, is another sport I'm a uh, pretty big fan of. And uh, the one good thing about uh, motorsport is that you don't necessarily have to actually um, have the car. So there's been a lot of... Uh, lot of um, Sim racing, esports, uh, motorsport that's been going on for the last couple of months and is, is still going on. I've been watching a lot of that, so um, you know it's uh, it's pretty entertaining, uh, and and some of it's actually more entertaining than uh, than the real racing because uh, there's a lot more brave moves and overtakes and uh, battles and stuff because uh, they know they're not going to get hurt if they have a big crash. So uh, if anyone fancies checking that out, it was, I think that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. Cool, cool. Um, right, uh, there was just before you go, is there anyone you want to give a big uh, a big shout out to on the pod? Um, I'll shout out my girlfriend Heather, who's been putting up with me uh, in the flat for I don't know how long now, months. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, you she, made her butternut squash uh, risotto, though. So she, I've I've been making her a lot of very good meals, but she also has to to put up with me being a uh, fairly grumpy just sitting around. Um, with, uh, with with nothing to do, so uh, yeah, um, uh, shout out to her and a big thanks for uh, for for putting up with me. Okay, and now she has to listen to the this podcast, so she. I'm sure. I'm sure she. I'm sure she will. <laughs> she has to put up with you for the next hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, uh, Matt. Well, thank you very much for your your time um, this morning. Um, we're recording in the morning on Wednesday morning, um, and uh, I hope everything you know you have decent and decent time in whatever you're doing just now keep yourself occupied and uh, we're hopefully back in an ice rink and, and I'm you know upsetting you again soon <laughs> yeah I uh, hope so and hope you're, you're staying safe as well thank you very much <laughs> <laughs>